2: This is the Runner's World Podcast. Hello, and
3: welcome to the Runner's World Podcast. We're back close to the expo, and we've got another fantastic lineup of marathon runners, coaches, and experts who are going to hopefully get you even more excited about this fantastic race that's happening on Sunday. Uh, Jane, who have we got to look forward to?
4: So we've got Kate Carter, she's a sub three marathon runner. Um, and she's made the slightly unusual decision this year to run in the London Marathon dressed in a full panda outfit. So if you thought you were worried about Sunday, <laughs> wait to hear from Kate. Um, Kate Fanning, who is running for Brain Research UK in memory of her father. Our own Kerry McCarthy with his race day tip. And Mark Thornbury, who has a really great tale of running and resilience.
3: Well, sounds good. We've got a lot to get through as well. So let's get on let's with the interviews. Going. This is the Runner's World Podcast. So we're here now with Kate Fanning. Kate, like lots of people are doing uh, London Marathon on the weekend, you've got an amazing story. and I wondered if you could just share the reasons why you're, why you're running on Sunday.
5: So I'm running uh, in memory of my dad who died um, actually on my birthday um, in May last year. So it's almost going to be a year to the day when I run the marathon. It's only about two weeks before. Um, and he had a very tough battle with um, uh, complications, I guess, around brain tumours. Um, so I'm running for the um, Brain Research UK charity. Um, so he um, he began to lose his sight and we had double vision to begin with and we thought it was a bit strange and um, years ago he had had um, a, a tumour that they identified and had some radiotherapy and they said you know things were stable but it had started growing again and it was pushing up on on the optic nerves right. and so he was losing his sight as a result um, and then I guess this leads into part of There's so much we don't know about the brain. There's so much that we we don't realise is connected. and uh, There needs to be lots of research still into it. Um, So they actually had a misdiagnosis and it was a benign tumour this time around. uh, Treatable with tablets in 85% of cases. So we thought this is amazing, cannot believe this, we've um, sort of got off a bit scot-free here, let's take the tablets and things are going to be great. But unfortunately he was in the 15% that uh, weren't going to be treated by the tablets, so it just got worse and worse and eventually he did lose his sight fully. Um, And there was nothing more they could do. Uh, Mm. Surgery was the only option, and again surgery around the brain is is so complex and yeah. so you know you don't you just don't know what you're going to touch when you get in there i yeah. suppose um, so he elected to go in and he never really came back around from it then um, so he spent 5 weeks in hospital had complications with bleeds on the brain um and so again we don't know what the quality of life would have been yeah. had he had survived you know because yeah. it's effectively um, a stroke i guess um so yeah so he slipped away then on my on my 35th birthday and um i don't know you you just feel a bit uh, powerless, almost. Mm. You kind of. Um, we've been fairly lucky. We've had nobody very close to us die. So, um, and grief is a very individual thing, as I've yeah. learned. Um, and I just, I just really wanted to kind of do do something. Yeah. It, fe- it feels a bit strange to say. And so I um, got in touch with the charity and um, the morning of the funeral, and um, they accepted me. And so that that began the journey then around fundraising and and um, kind of working through my own grief and mm. um, things like this. You know, where you talk about it and you talk about it out loud actually yeah. makes it quite real and makes you makes you start to work through it and think about it in a bit more detail. So, so yeah,
4: right and yeah. has. Has running helped with the grief, do
5: you think? I think so. I think so. I think the um I mean it's well known that running and being outside and the mm. endorphins, they're all um really good for your mental health. So I think it really has done. I mean I don't I don't think about dad when I'm out running. I think about how hard it is <laughs> yeah, <and> when, exactly. <laughs> when I'm gonna get to the end and um uh, you know, the bath that I'm going to have at the end and things like that. So, But I think um, the the fact that I'm... The fundraising side of it as well as the actual physical side of running, mm. I think those two things combined have really helped me sort of process it in my mind, you know. Yeah,
4: were you a runner before or is this kind of out of nowhere?
5: I was. I started running after um, a very drunken Christmas party um, <laughs> when I got bullied into uh, a, a couch to 5K right. in the January at work. And um, so I've run a few half marathons... But um, I've done nothing for about four years. I've literally not taken a step. Um, so I was building back up from scratch again. Um so the aim was to have ten miles by Christmas and then I've done twenty miles twice. So and that were really hard. <laughs> so,
3: so this is this is first marathon. First marathon. For you. First marathon. How do you feel how do you think you're gonna feel on Sunday?
5: oh i think i'm going to be I think i'm going to be really excited I yeah. think um you know the buzz from forty thousand people who are all there for personal reasons and all wanting to get across the line it's going to be an amazing atmosphere. everybody i've spoke to said if you 're going to do one marathon london's the one to do, the crowds are insane, yeah. So I, I think once I get out on the course, I'm going to be feeling really good. Um, I think I'm going to be incredibly emotional. And I think crossing mm. the finish line is going to be sort of feels like the closing of one chapter almost. And, and mm. as I said, nearly a year to the day since we lost dad. So it, it's going to it's going to feel super emotional, I think, on yeah. the day. Yeah. But hopefully I can keep it in check just long enough to get across the line. No, I'm sure. No, I'm let sure. it out. Let mm. it out. <laughs> <laughs> you <allowed. laughs> They're photographers, though, so I, I want to be sure that the photos are, aren't too much of a mess.
3: If you were trying to convey one message through running and, and running the marathon, wh- what would it be?
5: That's a tough question. One message. I think that uh, anybody can do it. Mm. And I think that's really important. I think mm-hmm. there's this almost putting a marathon on this pedestal and saying, I could never do something like that. That's And it is. it is physical. Don't get me wrong. It is very physical and it's very emotional. Um, I would say you'd be absolutely amazed by what your body and your mind can take. Mm. Mm. And I never thought I would be able to get there. When I did a half marathon, I thought, no way would I be <laughs> able to turn around and go back the other way. Um, and now, having run 20, I, even if I have to walk the last six, I'm sure I'm going to get over the line. I'm really confident yeah. in that. So I think that's that's one thing I've sort of taken on the journey with me, that... Um, it's so good for your mental health it's so good for your emotional health and and your body's amazing
3: if people want to find out a bit more about your story and also the, the cause that you're mm. raising for, where, where can they go?
5: So um, my fundraising page is on the Virgin Money Giving uh, site so if you search Kate Fanning um, you'll find me on there and the charity is the um, Brain Research UK they do fantastic work, they really support a lot of PhDs and a lot of research into not just brain tumours but things like um, migraines, Parkinson's mm. Alzheimer's, acquired brain damage, so anything to do with, with the brain and how it affects us as people. Um, so I really would encourage people to have a look at their website and and get involved and donate where you can that's that's part of the reason why we're lots of people are doing the marathon on sunday
3: yeah thanks again kate for coming on thank you brilliant this is the runner's world
2: podcast
3: all right so we're now joined by kate carter running journalist and soon to be wearing a full panda outfit for this year's virgin money london marathon Kate, welcome to podcast
6: thank you very much
3: not in the costume now never mind (laughs) can we can we start
6: with the why
3: why a panda suit
6: well there's two reasons why generally doing fancy dress is because um uh sort of sometime towards the end of last year when i i had a a qualifying time for london but i was going to do boston so i had this kind of two week so I thought, well, I've got to do something different, maybe pace somebody. Yeah. Um, and I was sitting around in the cafe after a running club session and some of my running club friends were talking about, uh, I think, one of those kind of inflatable 5K races where you go over bouncy castles oh, yeah. and it's all just kind of very, you know, fun. And they were all talking about, um, I said fun. 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 <laughs> fun. <virgin> fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. Idiot. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, this is the thing. They were talking about it, like doing it. And then they were like, oh, who, who's in, who's in? And then someone turned to me and not meaning to be like mean or anything, just said, oh, oh, you won't be interested. You take it all way too seriously. And I was quite stung by that because I thought, well, I mean, yeah, I kind of take running seriously for myself, but I don't take it seriously as in, you know, I'm not really elite runner. I'm not yeah. kind of, you know, I, I can take it lightheartedly too. So mm. I thought, right, I'm, g- <laughs> I'm going to show him how unseriously I take it by going for a world record. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um, and then the panda thing is just a lifetime obsession with pandas um, that is just comes from I don't know. Someone gave me a panda when I was born, and right. it just escalated. And so every birthday, panda stuff. Okay. So this is this is
3: this has been like a long, a lifelong
6: yeah. thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Me and pandas go way back.
3: <laughs> you may hate pandas. Uh, <laughs> Never. <laughs> about mile twenty-five at <laughs> the, in the uh, marathon.
6: Um. What
4: is the world record? currently
6: so it's the the official record i'm going for is the fastest uh, marathon in a full body animal costume right. brackets female um and uh it's four hours and 13 minutes i think okay set by a dog
3: <laughs> by someone as a dog not <laughs> well, a well
6: i mean that's what they say <laughs> yeah, yeah i hope it was someone dressed as a dog
3: <laughs> so and you were out park running as a panda on yes. the weekend a hot hot weekend yeah what was it Has that filled you with confidence or dread?
6: A little bit of both. Um, It was a kind of costume trial run mainly um, just to see what, you know, if anything, I mean, it's only 5K, but what something might rub. or And the main problem was that I realised very quickly that the head um, moves around too much. So I obviously needed to do some fairly major work on that (laughs) to, you know, stop me going mad after 800 metres. But then once I'd sort of adjusted that on the day, like, temporarily um then it was okay um yeah so yeah how much can you see well it's pretty limited um the the sort of ie but if you think of the like panda nose as being quite round above (laughs) above the panda nose bit there's kind of a mesh panel which is sort of where you see through Uh, and then below the nose there's kind of an open bit where the air comes in so you can sort of hopefully get mouthfuls of nice clean non-panda filtered air
4: (laughs) and what about drink how are you gonna how are you gonna drink how are you gonna take gels can you take the head off and have a drink um
6: so you can't so basically you can remove your costume but you cannot move forward so you okay. can stop at a water station take the head off have a proper drink spend as long as you want doing that but then you have to put the head back on before moving forward so you basically got to right. make sure you complete the whole course in costume okay even mm-hmm. if you have plenty of breaks on the way
4: so is that your plan Is your plan to try and smuggle
6: stuff like well, I should. In I mean, I think um, I think I will be able to because uh, in London they use those little bottles with a bit of a spout. The cups would be a nightmare. I don't think I could mm. do that. But with a little bottle of the spout, I think I should be able to actually do it. Right through the, through through the, the panda. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if not, I will stop because it's obviously you have to have to hydrate.
7: Yes.
3: I mean, you mentioned this at the start. This is this is a very different approach to your other marathons because obviously you have taken marathon running really seriously and and yeah. you continue to. How have you found like preparing for? A kind of fancy dress marathon
6: it's it's such a, a great experience actually it's really yeah. um amazing I've, i didn't sort of expect to feel quite um sort of caught up in it i just hmm. I, I did boston marathon uh, a week ago or whatever yeah and so obviously all my kind of training focus was for that and so i, I sort of didn't really think about it that much but then when I did the Panda Park run, and obviously it's park run, there's, there's not like this crowds of people watching it, there's just mm. lovely marshals who are giving their time and some kids watching and my kids watching um, and sort of, you know, supporting. And But everybody was like, go Panda! And other runners will go, go, go Panda, you know, well done. Yeah. And mm. you get such a kind of buzz out of it. And weirdly, the thing that sort of I didn't expect is that because you can't tell whether I'm a... Uh, a male panda or a female panda <laughs> in the costume so you're quite anonymous yeah so I kind of thought I'd feel really self-conscious but standing with the panda the body on and no head you feel like a really self-conscious but as soon as you put the head on you could be anyone and you, you just you're quite liberating <laughs> anonymous <apparently>. panda yeah <laughs> <laughs> I could be any old
3: panda. <laughs> I love that yeah yeah it's a it's a kind of mask isn't it in some ways
6: it is yeah so we i did a bit of filming in it um for the running channel and we we did a we went to talk to, to guinness about the rules and regulations and stuff in costume and then i commuted back um the entire way across london from from canary wharf to southwest london where i live and did it all in the panda costume and it was i honestly had so much fun it was bizarre i felt like i got into character Kind of full method,
4: I feel panda. like this is a new thing for you. You're never going to take it off.
6: Yeah, I'm thinking of going Panda Pro now.
4: <laughs> Where will
6: the Panda appear next? Yeah.
3: <laughs> Do you have a sense of the time that you might run or is this very much into the unknown?
6: It's so into the It's really weird because mm. I have no, I genuinely have no idea. Um, and I was just talking to my coach, Tom, at the expo. And he's like, You know, coaches, like, runners of all levels. He's like, I really don't know how you pace a panda costume. I don't know either. So I'm not really going to worry about it too much. I'm just going to run. Can't see my garment under that fur anyway. Yeah, right.
3: I guess you have to just run it on on feel. Or you can have your name on the panda suit or just... Just-
6: yeah so um with the guinness thing you you get given these kind of um like soft like like numbers i suppose yeah, where they yeah. go on your back and this so an official attempt yeah and I've, so i've obviously got that and then i've got um a friend of mine is printing out a kind of strip of fabric with my just giving um mm-hmm. uh, url so right. people think oh yeah i love pandas too i'll sponsor her um or it <laughs> <laughs> um i haven't got my name on it at the moment um i don't know I, I've always found in marathons before that mile three, it's a great idea. By mile yeah, 18, I you're agree. like, I really don't want anyone to know yeah. my name. Just, oh, okay. Your own yeah. name suddenly sounds really irritating yeah, to you. Yeah, or when you <laughs> want
4: to have a little cry and everyone starts <laughs> chanting and you're yeah. like,
6: no. Yeah, no. I don't even not, like not today. It other, I, I think my first London, I ran most of it with some bloke called um, Keith. I mean, not deliberately. He just happened to be, whenever <laughs> I slowed down, he slowed down, whenever I, you know, we just sort of yeah. glued together. And by about mile 23, I really, really, Hated him. Yeah. Everybody goes go Gees, go oh, just just stop it. <laughs> and yeah. what, what's the charity? Uh, so I do for the World Wildlife Fund because right, of the Pandas, obviously. Um I, I found actually my dad found recently a membership car from the the World Wildlife Fund used to have a kids club or something right. called the Panda Club. And I still have the membership car with my name on it and a little picture of a panda. <laughs> this is a beautiful story. It's- <laughs> I discovered in um, in the process of like talking about it, or whatever on Twitter, I saw. Um, I think it was actually the World Marathon Majors tweeted about this marathon in in China, and it's called the Panda Marathon. And I was like, how on earth have I gone this far without knowing that this thing exists? Yeah, and I feel like you the- missed a trick, yeah. I feel like this is a race invented for me. I know. It's a Are you renting calling. the
3: costume or is it, is it yours No, I,
6: I bought it. Oh, um, right. You know, because you never know when you buy anyone. It was fortunately reasonably cheap. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the head and the body were kind of separate Oh, okay. So. Right. Because I actually got one head first and then it, wasn't, it didn't meet the Guinness requirements. Yeah. So I had to well, get another one. Pool. So a lot of planning has gone into the oh yeah
4: the panda. Are you going to do like a a kit lay
6: with the panda? Totally, it's going to be can't the wait. world's greatest flat
3: lay. Oh, that's going to be a, that's going be brilliant. Okay, <laughs> well, best of luck on wait. Sunday with this. I think it's I think it's amazing. I really do think it's it's amazing that you're um you're doing this as someone who has you know taken marathon running and continues to take it really seriously. I think it's a great like. To explore the, the fancy dress theme as well.
6: Yeah, I think I think a lot of people have been like, oh wow, that's like are you doing that. Yeah, Quite yeah, Quite surprised yeah, yeah. by yeah. it. Yeah. I think my kids' reaction is, is the best actually. Oh, i be loving it. My, yeah. Well, my seven-year-old thinks it's hilarious. My ten-year-old thinks it's hilarious as long as I'm not with her <laughs> in <neither laughs> costume, because then she might die of embarrassment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Picked
3: up from school as a Yeah, it. I keep yeah.
6: threatening her that i We did junior park run on Sunday. And I threatened that I was going to do it in costume, and she was like, no, please don't. No.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very, very much for coming on the, uh, the Runners World Podcast, Kate, and best of luck on yeah, Sunday. Good
6: luck. Thank you very much.
3: Cheers. This is the Runners World Podcast. Well, I think it's time, Jane, for me to share my own stories of woe from the Virgin Money London Marathon, because yeah. I haven't always got it right, or perhaps I haven't ever really completely got it right, but I remember the first year, we often tell people, don't we, about definitely don't get a pair of shoes oh, yeah. the day before. Don't do that. No,
4: you'd be an idiot to do that.
3: Idiot to do that. <laughs> so I saw a pair of shoes at the expo, um, and I thought, this is actually this is what I need. This these are the shoes for me. It's a shame that I've seen them so late. And I admit I'm taking a risk. But, but it doesn't
4: matter. they will be matter. fine. Look, they're
3: just they're just they're just a better shoe. So I, I ran up and down in the expo with them and I was, I thought this is this is me basically. Yeah, great like, warm up. Great warm up and turn up on the day and actually, you know, the shoes were all right, but it was such a silly decision because I was just it was one more thing to worry about yeah. during the day. I also got into um was into this kind of uh, low, not low carbohydrate, but kind of natural fuel, right. was very big on natural fuel. I was like, I don't want to eat any gels. And I, I don't know how I got this idea into my head, but I was like, um, I'm going to try and run on the sweet potato. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I cooked up these sweet potatoes. A bit of salt to them as well. Thought, oh, that would help with the seasoning. Way. And I was, and I, I put I made a bit of seasoning. I put them in this like cling film thing in my pocket. Again, hadn't trained with this. This wow. is just like this is proper, you know, marathon idiot stuff. And got to about five miles. And thought, oh, time for a bit of sweet potato. It's time,
4: for, it's time for a snack.
3: Getting these things out of the cling film was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> and I'd overcooked them as well, so I was sort of wrestling with this kind of sweet potato mush. And nice. uh, luckily, I did have a few other like traditional gels, but again, it just was a massive, massive stress. And I was trying to run sub three, and I, I just wasn't fit. Sub
4: three in new shoes <laughs> for sweet potato.
3: Yeah. And uh, I ended up running three <laughs> fourteen in the end, with lots of power walking and sort of stifled sobbing. But it, it, I think some, in some ways, it. it well, was you learn. Yeah, I learned. I did. I did learn. And the next year, um, I did much better. But I mean, you, I mean, you've done London before as well, haven't you? And,
4: yeah, it. I mean, I didn't. I didn't wear new shoes or try sweet potato, but right. I did. Yeah, I did.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus.
7: Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
1: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection.
4: Get to that start line and you train for so long, and then you're like, you know, oh Oh, my god, this is me. And it's the most like an athlete a normal runner will ever feel (laughs) because all of these people are out watching you, and then you've got your name on your shirt and they're all screaming for you, and Mm. you're like, this is it, this is me, this is my prime. And then you get to what 13 miles, and you're like, what have I done?
3: Hang on a sec, I'm not an athlete.
4: Hang on, I'm not Mo, (laughs) spoiler, I'm not Mo, and you have to, you can't go back, Mm. so that would be, I don't know three things to learn i guess
3: so no new shoes
4: no new shoes
3: no sweet potato don't and don't expect to be much much better on the day than you have been in training this is the runner's world podcast well, direct from the Runners' World Informal Inspire stage, Mark Formby. Welcome to the Runners' World oh, podcast. Oh, crikey. Thank you. And welcome
2: again. Very Welcome nice back. Welcome back. Yes, <laughs> thanks, thanks Rick. Thanks very much. So, yes, uh, excellent. Really enjoyed that. Great. 20 minutes of um, – uh, I guess I talked about three things, which is, you know, sort of having cancer, doing the ultra-running malarkey, I think I put the slide <laughs> up. And then thirdly, the thing that you know I'm really passionate about, which is uh, raising money for King's College – hospital charity mm. so it's great to have a platform for that and hopefully some people took something away which is which is always good if they do
3: yeah well for those who, who um, are new to your story mark could you give us a brief overview of kind of your diagnosis and also the kind of role that running has played in i think you know you've been remarkably positive throughout about all this oh, no
2: no and thank you so yeah i'm coming up to two years of uh, since i was diagnosed which was the jaw-dropping moment which was the beginning of May 2017. Uh, my background is I-, I got cancer because I have liver disease. Um, I- I'm cirrhotic, so that's my sort of pathway, if you like. And then six weeks after my initial diagnosis, I, you know, I had a treatment within two weeks of being diagnosed. And actually, I was thinking, yeah, they'll just kind of whip it out, and I'll have this treatment, and they'll transplant me, and I'll. I was plotting my next hundred miler, and unfortunately, it didn't work. Cancer got more aggressive, got into my region, my vascular system. And uh, and and then I was told that I had six to nine months to live, which is unless I had a really good response to this treatment, which I did. And then I've you know I'm five hospital visits
3: after that, and I've
2: recently had major surgery. Yeah, yeah. There you go.
3: And and this and this major surgery, are you kind of? Are you are you recovering, Mark? Or what's yeah, so yes. so I, I I am, and it was my it's my
2: birthday in two weeks on Sunday. Happy birthday! Happy so birthday to me, <laughs> yes, thank you. And so I'm going to attempt to run five k. I've managed yeah. to walk, and uh, we were talking about the North Downs Way earlier. So yeah, I yeah. walked nine miles on the North Downs Way uh, Easter Friday uh, with my son, which was great. Um, my problem is is because I have the classic shark bite wound, that sort of yeah. L reverse L shaped my god it was a 30 foot great white and that's <laughs> going to be my story when i expose myself <laughs> on the beach um, it means that i can't use my core because i've cut right, straight yeah. through right. it so so actually as a, as an experiment try walking or even jogging you know very very slowly without bending forward i can't crease myself because i right. still have um, some problems with my wounds there which are gradually healing but yeah so um i've managed to get out walking I hope to be running again, but I've got a whole slew of things. As I think I said last time, there's never a dull moment in me trying to to run long stuff. So yeah, I've got some things
1: planned. Great.
4: And you're kind of best known for taking on ultras. Yes. Obviously, it's a marathon special. So yeah. have you ever done? Have you ever run London or been in spot like? Yeah.
2: So I've I've run a number of marathons. I've only ever run three road marathons. So. The first one was in 1986, which just exemplifies the fact that I am an old codger. <laughs> um, and then 27 years later, there's a lady sitting behind me, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. She, uh, on, her, on her birthday, said, And I'm going to run para- the Paris Marathon, and Mark Thornbury's going to get me round in under four hours. Why the hell she thought I could get her round in under four hours, I've no idea. But I think she carried me round the last three or four K. Uh, And we did under four hours, which was great, but to, and I have run London. I did it in 2015. So four years ago, I was going to run it with Sarah again, but she was injured Uh, and had a great time, really enjoyed it. Not quite used to running with so many people having sort of turned left into the ultra marathon sort of thing. So there's a lot of people, but I really, really enjoyed it, and it is a great experience. And I, I sort of said on stage, I said to people, you know, follow the blue line, that is 26.2 miles. <laughs> yeah. So don't moan if your Garmin says 26.9. It's because you're mm. not on the blue line. Uh, but putting that aside, it's a really excellent race, and I know, you know, there's a lot of charity runners, and they're going to do some great,
3: great, great stuff mm-hmm. for their charities, which is, just makes me feel very uplifted. So Yeah, because, I mean... W- Talking about charities, the amount that you've raised, yeah well, it's just phenomenal. Is it over £100,000? Yeah, pounds it's
2: a, I think it's about 103000 now. And so, we, so since we spoke, Rick, we've got a project uh, going via King's College Hospital, which is a centre of excellence for hepatology. And also uh, there's the Adjunct Institute of Liver Studies. So there is a piece of research that's kicked off, which also includes the recruitment of a PhD in computational biology, uh, which I'm I'm so thrilled about because it is the manifestation of two years of, you know, as my wife said, can you stop doing those silly runs now, darling? And the answer <laughs> is no, honey. It's not. Uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna continue doing them. But the project's kicked off and that money's gone directly to that. So, but there's more to do because research it doesn't stand still. And as I think I said last time as well, Rick, um, it's vastly under researched. My cancer mm. and it is. I was looking at some stats which I replayed on on, on stage earlier and. You know, there's a, we, we really, really are facing a bit of a crisis in liver cancer because it's due to go up, you know, the incidence and the mortality mm. rate. from. So I'm really, really conscious of that. So I, I need to push on. And as soon as I can get out there, I will. You
4: haven't seemed to ever lose hope. Has running been a big part of that? Is running what keeps you positive?
2: Yeah. Uh, I, oh God. Y- yes, with, without a shadow of a doubt. And I, I always sort of qualify that I don't think running's a panacea for mm. all ills. I think it's a great adjunct and it's a great help. I, I guess I might feel it a bit more acutely because, you know, my you know, without being stereotypical, my happy place is out on the trails, um, and I really I can lose myself because, you know, you do think about what's coming up, and you do think about your next scan, and you do think about you know your next meeting with your oncologist, and that just gives you a chance to forget all that stuff and concentrate mm-hmm. and run with your head up so it, it for me it's very positive, and I mention it again on the stage and i've 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 done some other stuff where i've talked again about dark rooms, and you mustn't get in there so if anybody's kind of listening to this and they find themselves with a in a situation, just do everything to stay out of that dark room because it does spiral you down but mm. hopefully i've I've not kind of managed to jump on that spiral
4: um and then what what would your kind of i guess your message be to all the Charity runners, kind of, we're what, three days? Two days? Two three days.
3: days. Yeah, two, well, when two this comes days. out, it'll be two ah, days. Yeah. Two
4: days. Two days to go. what well, were your kind of message to Well, the- firstly,
2: brilliant. I, I think what you're doing is, is just amazing. And they, you know, it's a billion pounds, I think, the uh, London Marathon would have raised since its inception, which is just phenomenal. You know, without going back through old our, our arguments, a lot of, you know, medical. Uh, Charities do rely on the public for contribution, so fantastic that you're doing it and if you're if you're running it for first time, just enjoy it you know and you're not going to get on the podium, but really engage with the crowd. I found when I did it i had had a laugh with uh with the crowd and a little bit of banter and put your name on your shirt because everybody calls it out um and if you've got your your vest on which it's representative of what you're running for that's great too and you'll find the crowd are amazing uh and don't be frightened of taking tenors off them on the way around that's, <laughs> that's the way to increase your, your fundraising
3: mark if anyone wants to find out a bit more about your story and the cause that, you, that you've raised yeah. so much for where, where can they go uh
2: virginmoneygiving.com forward slash mark thornberry and it's t-h-o-r-n B E R R Y. My story is there. Uh, um, if you can chuck some money in, that's great. But um, I'm also on, you know, look me up on Twitter or on Facebook. I'm always whining on about what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, hopefully I, I might get to meet some of the guys as well. Yeah, great. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Pleasure again. Thank you. Cheers.
3: This is the Runner's World podcast. All right, the final interview of the day with <laughs> our own Kerry McCarthy. Welcome to the Runners World Podcast again. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. No, it's great to have you on board. I am I think that we are looking for some sage advice from someone who's done An the London Marathon numerous times like yourself. Um, and lots of people are probably getting worried about, you know, the day. What would you say to people yeah. in the kind of final 48 hours about how to have your best sort of stress-free race? Well... I guess you know this is
8: advice for generally for marathons rather than London specifically. Uh, it would it would it would split up into kind of like the obvious stuff and the not so obvious stuff. So let's let's cover off the obvious ones first. Uh, although, saying that it may not be obvious if this is your first marathon of any description, in which case, well done for signing up. <laughs> um, <laughs> At this stage, a couple of days before, you've, you're you probably riddled with injuries. Mm. Phantom injuries. None of which exists. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I've broken my leg. I yeah. can't do it. Yeah, yeah.
8: yeah, yeah. Right. exactly. Get me off
4: the podcast, Rick. That,
8: that, 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 <laughs> can't that, do it anymore. That, that niggle on my knee, that was it's just suddenly flared up and now I can't get out of bed. And it's all your mind playing tricks on you, um, which I know in some cases doesn't make it easier to cope with. But if you just keep telling yourself that sometimes your mind doesn't play ball, once the day comes, once race morning comes, adrenaline will take over. These aches and pains will fade away, and you'll be absolutely fine. Um, what else? So let's go. Let's go back. A, you know, a little bit from yeah. from race day.
7: Yeah.
8: Hydration, first of all. Do not think you can cram it the day before. Mm. Um, if you've not already started, by the time you're listening to this, stop now. You should drink. Probably try and drink three liters three of water today. Three liters tomorrow which is saturday if you listen to this on saturday um and a good kind of 500 mils to 750 mils on, on race morning um that's actually three liters is quite a lot but mm-hmm. you need it and your body is only going to be effectively hydrated if you've hydrated it over a couple of days rather than cramming yeah. and actually the same goes for carb loading as well people yeah. think okay i've got free pass on beige foods here but if you've been eating a certain amount of carbohydrate, and then the day before you have like pasta for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it's just mm. going to come up your system. Mm. So you don't actually need that much extra. So don't have yeah, yeah. three bowls of carbonara the night before because you'll just be carrying that around the course in all mm. in all likelihood. So just little and often, five small meals rather than three if you can, um, and don't and just don't. It sounds boring, like moderation and everything, but don't go overboard thinking so- I'm going to run out of energy because you're not. I mean, I would say have porridge if you can I mean you know it's fairly inoffensive and you know mm-hmm. personally I find it a bit boring but I try and pimp it up a little bit with like cho- chocolate protein powder and nuts and berries and honey yeah. and whatever else um, if you are going to have pasta or actually it applies to whatever kind of pre-race meals you're going to have keep it simple mm-hmm. don't go for a gel obviously <laughs> I can tell you that one from experience <laughs> um, pretty simple stuff so if you have pasta go for like plain red sauce and stuff like that it's not about you know gastronomy the night before it's mm-hmm. functional at this stage uh, and again, on race morning, don't eat anything that you haven't eaten before. You know, it's one of the kind of like the hoary old tenets of mm. of racing. But it's it bears repeating because people always make this mistake. Because at the last minute, they're having a panic. Their best mate has told them some, you know, genius kind of like hack. And then yeah. they try it for the first time and it all goes horribly wrong. Stick to what you know yeah. in all areas. Um, sleep. It's more important that you get a good night's sleep two nights before than one night before. Particularly if you're new to this, you're going to be nervous, your mind's going to be racing the night before. But if you've had a good, ideally eight hours, uh, ideally more, but if you've had at least six hours, like two nights before, you'll be absolutely fine even if you don't sleep Mm. the night before properly. So don't worry about that. Race morning. Arrive on time. Arrive in plenty of time. There's no point cutting it fine if you're umming and aching about which train to get or what time to order your taxi for or whatever. Always go for the early option. Yeah. yeah, you know, get your if you've got a little routine, you want time to kind of put all your potions and lotions and lube and put your lucky socks on and call your grandma and all that kind of stuff before you have to get your bag in baggage check, mm. and you don't want to be rushing and stressed. Yeah, completely, completely. Um, when you're when you're on the right hand, I, w- I would just say. If I could only say one sentence on the race experience, it's trust your, it's trust your training. Mm. You've done the hard bit. Yeah. You've got out there. And in this case, because of spring marathon, you've got out there in the cold winter months. Mm. And you've, you've put in the miles in the hard yards. And now, even though you've probably got time target in mind and it's all a bit overwhelming, this is the bit you get to enjoy, where you get to let loose. Even when I'm racing, you know, a marathon rather than plodding around, I still find time to, like, high-five the little kids with, with foam fingers and all that. Because it just... It just gives you a little boost. It can lift you mm-hmm. as well. It's almost yeah. like a little psychological energy gel. You just get that little spurt of of adrenaline. Yeah. So don't think I am racing this,
3: I must ignore these people. Like they are part of the experience and they're part yeah. they should be part of your strategy. So you recently got your six star marathon medal, Kerry. Yeah. Just wanted just on the London specific thing here. Is there anything particular about this race on Sunday that for you elevates it above those other marathons or is there or something particularly interesting about London? Good
8: question. I think the last couple of miles, uh, always mm. memorable, and everybody talks about it, but you come out of, I think it's Blackfriars Tunnel,
3: Yeah, right.
8: where probably your GPS has gone a bit haywire because you've been running along in the dark, um, but if you're following one of the runner's world paces, that won't be a problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're great, I've they heard. Are, they are amazing, <laughs> this year in their teal t-shirts, um, but you come out. On to Embankment at mile 24 and the absolute cacophony of noise, rain or shine, is just astonishing. And at that point in the race, that's exactly what you need. You Mm. can see Big Ben as a target in the distance. Then you turn right there, you can see Buckingham Palace. It
4: It makes me feel a bit emotional. Just hearing it. I might cry on the podcast. (laughs) 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 Would that be the first time?
3: Certainly from from a presenter. (laughs) 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 No, but I think that's really true. It's, It's such a dramatic end, isn't it?
8: all the all six majors have things to to kind of yeah. commend them but i think london's got some really some really good landmarks mm. and it also as boring as this may sound it's just it's just a friction free experience it's by far of all the six majors the best organized mm. quite mm-hmm. honestly and i'm not saying that because you know i'm a londoner it's just from the, the baggage before the way the, the marshalling is set yeah, the out the volunteers are amazing the volunteers are amazing when you when you get through the finish line you are reunited with your bag within five minutes probably which is almost unheard of it's just it's just brilliantly done they just go out of their way to make sure that you don't have to worry about anything other than having Mm. an awesome time when people ask me for advice there are actually a couple of tips that kind of like slightly not so obvious which i always think people might find helpful which is if you need the loo while you're running stop and go yeah it's a bit of a dilemma that that people have it's like okay maybe i can run this off or I'm going to lose 45 seconds, or there's a bit of a queue for that next portal I can see, but mm. it's only going to get more uncomfortable, mm. which means you're just going to run slower overall. Yeah, maybe so, you
3: won't take on water, because you would be like, well, I already need to go to the toilet here. Yeah, exactly. So if you, you feel the call of
8: nature, just go. Yeah, um, Unless you're at the pointy end of the race... Uh, take the easy route run wide on the bends mm. it makes it so much more fun people kind of crush in around the bends and they're reduced to a kind of a bottleneck and a stop and there's there's absolutely mm. no need you, okay you might end up running an extra kilometre over the course of the whole race but it just makes it easier if you've kept something back and you're wondering right okay my train has going really well this I've not hit the wall yet this is going really well this, right, when am I going to go when am I going to go mile 24 mm. when you like when like when you come out of the tunnel mm. as we discussed a couple of minutes ago that's the time to kind of wind it up. Mm. Obviously, don't start sprinting. You've got, you've got like two and a quarter miles to Mo. go. No, here I yeah. go.
4: <laughs> Everyone, watch it.
8: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Otherwise, it'll be the most glorious third of a mile you've, you've ever done, and then you'll be on your hands and knees for the rest of it. Um, but that's that's really the time to go. And if you can hold yourself back till then, that it will stand you in good stead. Um, and two and two quick ones. If you think you can't carry on, you can.
7: Um,
8: as we know from writing about this stuff in the magazine mm. rick you know your brain actually has a protection mechanism that sends out signals that you're at the limit when in fact you're not mm. it's you know it is its way of protecting you so you think i can't possibly do anymore actually yeah you've got plenty more in you so yeah just just push through yeah and finally smile um which sounds like a facile note to end on but actually <laughs> research has shown that if you smile while you're running you're running efficiency or use of the oxygen um the way you use your muscles, it's 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 all optimised. Mm. So remember why you're there. Remember what you've put in, and mm. give everyone give everyone a slightly loopy, cheesy grin as you're going around. Yeah,
3: great tips, Kerry. To say and coming. Oh, kind of, yeah, and I think it's. Uh, I'm even more excited about the race now actually. And you like to say what what a finish London is, and what what a kind of great uh, culmination for all the effort going in those 24 miles those last two. Just fantastic. yeah,
8: it's. Uh, I'm a bit jealous. I'm not actually doing it this year. I'm doing Edinburgh the following month. But, right, I mean. Every year at this time, when we're at Expo, you mm. kind of—it's it, almost sort of takes magic. us by surprise at Runners World, um, but then you get in the thick of it and you're like, "This is this,
3: this is awesome! This yeah. is wonderful! Yeah, Everyone's agreed. so excited!" Agreed. Okay, thank you very much for no the worries. Runners World podcast, and um, hopefully, we'll see you on Sunday, maybe for a post-race beer or something. Definitely sounds good. All right, cheers. Thanks. This is the Runners World podcast. So that brings us to the end of this episode of the Runners World podcast. I want to say a huge thanks to all our guests, to New Balance for helping to make this happen, and of course, to you for listening.
4: And for more advice on the London Marathon or anything running related, head to www.runnersworld.com forward slash UK.